we, uh, uh, I shared last week that uh, things are hopefully kind of coming to an end here with uh, uh, closing uh, on uh, the loan and all that good stuff with the bank. Uh, I don't know anything more than I knew last week, so surprise, surprise. And uh, I'm hoping this week, now that everybody is in town, uh, that uh, things will move forward and uh, we will, again, as I said last week, we will be updating uh, the church body, especially the membership uh, of exactly what's going on and what's happening and all that good stuff when uh, when we know some uh, specifics and all that good stuff. But uh, just uh, just a little update on that. Uh, not much of an update, but uh, I'm telling you what I know. So that's what I can do. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, just uh, I've said this before, but thank thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, faith, thank you for your faithfulness in believing in what God is calling us to do, um, and and um, in, in being involved in serving. Uh, in loving others, in, in being a part of the body. And, 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 and maybe, maybe you're not a part of the body, but uh, if, if you're not, and this is your home church, uh, I, I'm encouraging you now as your pastor, be a part of the body. Don't, don't, just, be a, don't just be an onlooker, okay? Don't, don't fall into that trap. That's an, that's an easy trap to fall into, and, and you, may, you may be afraid because you got burned out at another place or whatever it is. Uh, let, let me just encourage you. Let the Lord use you. Uh, and whatever it is that he's calling you to be a part of, uh, just, just pray about that. Don't pray too long, okay? A lot, a lot of people are like, I'm, I'm still praying about that. They're like three years later, I'm still, pray, still praying about where to get involved, you know. Or, you know, don't, don't, don't do that, you know. Uh, but, uh, but for real, you know, just thank, thank you. Thank you so many of you are so faithful in so many different ways, um, uh, and it's awesome. So uh, I'm just, I'm highly encouraged uh, by that and uh, by what God is doing, so uh, it's it's awesome stuff. Uh, as Chad mentioned, there's got got quite a few hurting people in our community uh, uh, in the last week. Just some things that have happened and losing some folks and things like that. And uh, just just keep these families in your prayers. And I've got to spend a little bit of time this week with one of those families. And uh, man, just you know, just just stinks. You know, I, I hate. You know, <clears throat> we know that our hope is not here. Uh, we know that, but at the same time, when we lose somebody, it's still hard. You know, I, I find it hard. Maybe you don't, uh, but I find it hard. Even even still knowing, you know, when somebody's gone to be with the Lord, I'm like, you know, I, I'm just selfish. I want I want everybody to stay. I want you know, but I want everybody to stay, but I don't want everybody to stay. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, it's it's tough. Uh, it's, t- it's tough, especially when it's a loved one and all that stuff. So, um, anyway. Uh, I got to see one of my loved ones uh, this week as well that's not doing well. So, uh, yeah, just uh, just hard stuff sometimes. Life is full of hard stuff. Uh, but we are not doing this alone, okay? Uh, we don't do this alone in the, sake, in the sake that we're a part of a family, okay? That's, that's part of being a part of the body of Christ is that we are a family uh, and that we hurt together and that we celebrate together and and all those things. That's why we can we can still celebrate that you went on you know vacation this week when the rest of us were still working and all that stuff. Uh, we're like, yeah, well, good for you. That's awesome, you know. Uh, but uh, no, it's uh, uh, you know I, I I see so many people and have so many conversations with people who are not a part of a family, not a part of a body of believers, and and some of those folks even go to a church. But they're still not a part of a family. I mean, you, you, there's a difference. You know the difference. And like, and and some of those folks are like, "Well, I got family, you know, and that's good." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, that's that's great." But we're called to something bigger, and it's and it's bigger than us. It's 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 part of a it's part of a purpose in which God designed us that we would be there for each other. Because I think I think we get in this mode of like, well, you know, I, I I'm getting what I need, and you, and you hear you hear that statement, right? I'm getting what I need. Well, what about everybody else? Like, are, is God using you in the lives of others to help them get what they need? That's the question. That's, that's the question we, we should be asking. Not, are, are we, am I getting what I need? Not, am I, do I like it, you know, kind of thing. And, and, and I think it's, it's real easy. It's real easy to fall into that stuff. So anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about today. So, um, but uh, yeah, let's, in fact, if you've got a Bible, let's go ahead and get it out. Uh, and, and, and let's jump into this. Uh, we're going to the book of Romans today. Um, and I'm uh, uh, going to bounce between Romans and, and James today a little bit. 
Uh, and I just, you know, sometimes when I, when I get to do some off-week messages, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy, I say I enjoy, there is a struggle for a pastor. I'll just let you in on it. There's a struggle for a pastor to try to figure out what does is, what is the church need? What do we need? What, what's, you know, and it, it can be real easy for me to say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach about something that's on my heart. I think there's another level of that of going, okay, what, what's the body of believers need? And, uh, and so I, I've been praying through that and thinking through that for the last week. And a lot of times the question I ask myself when I get an opportunity to speak, let's say even outside of a Sunday thing, you know, and somebody's invited me to come speak, speak somewhere, the question I'm asking myself is like, if this is the last thing I ever get to share, what am I going to say? And I still ask myself that sometimes uh, for Sundays. And, and I think that's an important question to ask. Um, and uh, this, this passage we're going to study uh, and look at for just a minute today is, is one of those key passages for me. In fact, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have been waiting for me to shut up and tell them that they can come down and give you a Bible if you need one. So please take one from them so they don't kill me after the service today. Uh, and uh, Josh McGee, is it your birthday today? Liar! Liar! You want, you want to sing to him? Of course, of course they do. We threw it out there. Deanna, won't you lead us? <laughs> she's she's already. She's. Did you say you're already done it? Is that what? He got he got sung to this morning. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna say what else I'm thinking. Uh, but uh, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, happy birthday, my friend. Uh, we, uh, so this, this passage, let's, let's talk about that. This passage that we're looking at today, uh, it, it, I, I basically, as I, as I wrote this message out and, and was praying about it and thinking about it and working through it, uh, part, part of it honestly came from me looking at an article uh, that was on desiringgod.org. If, you, if you're not familiar with that website, you should be. Uh, that's like one of my favorite resources online. Uh, to look at like solid teaching and stuff, and um, that's a ministry that came from John Piper and his church, uh, Bethlehem, uh, and uh, up in uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. Um, and um, this this passage and and, and this whole thing, uh, as I was as I was thinking, and I was I was looking for some resources about some things I was thinking about and praying about for us as a church, and I found this article. Uh, written uh, by a guy by the name of David Mathis. Uh, and I'll, I'll post it to the church uh, page here later today so that you can check it out for yourself. Um, and uh, the article is on six lessons in good listening. And that's, that's, that's kind of a, that sounds like a weird thing, right? Six lessons in good listening. But I, I want you to think about for just a second, like how we have changed as a culture and a people and how we listen to one another. We, 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 if we're real honest, we're, we're not as good of listeners as we were at one point in time, as, as, a, as, a, as a whole. Let's, let's say as a whole, as a culture, uh, we, we, we don't, we're not as good at listening to one another. We're not as good at listening uh, to random people sometimes, you know. And, you know, I, I've... I'm constantly reminded that being as uh, in the situations that I end up in as a pastor uh, is that part of what I'm called to do is listen. But I'll be honest with you, I'm not as good a listener as I have been at other times in my life. And 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 honestly, part of it is is like due to these things. I mean, you know, we you know we're, we're constantly like inundated with, and and I find myself and 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 not for bad reasons, you know, but a lot of times, you know, if somebody's in the middle of a conversation, talking to me, I, I will purposely sometimes try to just put my phone in my pocket, you know. But then I've, 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 I'm trained like some dog or something that as soon as it buzzes in my pocket, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I need to check that in case it's, you know, so and so. And 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 that's not in all the way wrong or something, but you know, I just I just think that for us, this is worth us talking about and thinking about today. And, and there's a certain element of us understanding, again, this does kind of flow into what I was talking about uh, a few minutes ago, that God is calling us to minister to one another, and as we are called to minister to one another, we're called to listen. We're called to listen. 
And, and, and this, this is twofold, you know, for two, for two reasons that we would minister to them, but also in the fact that it glorifies God because in our opportunity to minister to them and listen to them, they know that we care. They know that we love. Let me give you an example. So this week, this week, uh, I had the privilege um, of, of being with a family who went through a tragic loss. Uh, and, and I always consider it an honor when people ask me to be a part of things like that. Not everybody wants somebody with blue hair to do things like that. And, uh, uh, but uh, this family means a lot to me. And and, and after, after the funeral was over with, uh, we're standing there and actually at the cr- closing of the grave, and the funeral director uh, who, who started this funeral home from scratch, you know, is standing there with me. He's come up and he's put his arm around me and he's talking to me, he's an older gentleman, and, he's, and he's just, he just begins to share. And I, and I just thought to myself, man, he, he really needing to talk today, like, like he's he is just, I mean, we, we stood there for a while with him talking. And, and my initial reaction, because I'm a stupid sinner, is I probably need to get out of here. And then I kept listening. And as I kept listening, I began, I began to realize he, he's really wanting to tell me this story of life and why he got into doing this and all this. And at the end of the day, he, he gets down to telling me, you know, why he started his funeral home, all, all these things, and I mean, like some crazy stuff that happened in the beginning, and how he was trying to start it, and didn't have the money, and at one point somebody, he owed a bunch of money to, and he basically had told them, you know, they could take it if they wanted to and just run with it, and they could use the building however they saw fit. And that person said, no, I, I believe that this is what God is calling you to do. And, and he's telling me this story of like how, you know, he's like, Chris, I prayed to God and I, and, I, and I told him, I said, God, I want to use this for you and for your kingdom. I want to help people that need to be helped. And he told some of those stories of how he'd helped people that needed to be helped during times when he didn't have the money to pay for the place and he's given handouts, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, I mean, just this... And, and we get to the end of it all, and, and, I, and I say all I have to say this. It dawned on me at the very end of all this, as he kind of closed down the story and we, we stood there together, that he was telling me all this because he wanted me to know that he cares about people. And that's why he does what he does. You know, the truth is, is people around us going through all kinds of things. And a lot of times we don't know because we're not listening. I almost missed that. I almost missed that. I wouldn't go back and trade that now, okay? I want you to hear what I'm saying there. Like, I'm so glad that he shared that with me. In fact, I walked away going, man, I'm so glad that I, I didn't go get in my car. I'm so glad that I stood there and continued to listen despite my own, like, uh, like urges of, you know, just being busy, you know? We're just so busy. And we're too busy to the point that we're missing opportunities for the gospel. I, I want to read this passage. Let's read Romans 10. I, I, in fact, I shared this, uh, I've shared this this week. Uh, and, and, and I've been sharing this. I, I, just, I just keep coming back to Romans 10. Romans 10 is like, if Chris wants to hang his hat on a passage of Scripture, yeah, especially that's centered around the gospel, Romans 10 might as well be it. So, in fact, as I, the funny thing is I wrote this message out, then I reverse engineered it and basically like turned it on its head, and I'm going to preach it backwards. Romans 10 verse 8 says this. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I'll pause. I'll just be honest with you. I think part of the reason why I keep coming back to this passage and feeling led to share this passage over and over, especially in the culture that we live in. And in fact, I've had some conversations with people that are newer to our church and even somewhat newer to the area, and they didn't really understand this about our area, so if you're new to the area, this would be something maybe for you to kind of understand too, is that there are a lot of people 
in the area that we live in right now who grew up hearing a morphed version of the gospel that is not really a true gospel. And you've heard me mention things like legalism, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That, that we might look to other things for our salvation. And you're like, what are you, what are you talking about, Chris? I'm, I'm saying this. I'm saying that in the name of Jesus, the gospel has been preached in this area by lots of people over the years that it is Jesus plus something. And there is no Jesus plus something, okay? Jesus is it, all right? Like, Jesus is it. And, and so some of those people might even say, oh, no, that's not what I mean. But at the same time, like actions and how it's taught and all this is like coming down on like, you, you know, you're not a good enough Christian. God, does, God isn't going to love you. You're going to lose your salvation, whatever it may be, you know, thrown at you. And at the end of the day, the truth is, is that we are secure in what God has done on the cross for us. And we, and we can be secure in that. Now, Paul also talks about how it's not some license to just do whatever. In fact, we'll, we'll see a passage here in just a minute that helps hit that. And so, you know, just hang in there with me on that. Uh, but this understanding that, that we have to be on the forefront of when we teach the gospel, we've got, we've got to help people to see that this isn't something that we can earn. This is something that we are given, and we receive it like a gift, at Christmas, God gives it to us because He loves us. If you look at that passage, it says, and this is why I'm, where I'm going with this, it says in that very first verse, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. In your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe in your heart, guess what it does not say? It does not say if you had perfect church attendance. It does not say if you uh, did all the things that your neighbor needed you to do for them. It does not say uh, you know, that you, you know, went to Bible school every year growing up or something. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and the truth is, is that we are guilty at times of kind of putting those things on us. Like, oh, I got to do this to be a good Christian or whatever. No, 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 no. God does not want us to view our relationship with him. You don't, you don't want people to, to view your friendship or your relationship with them that way, do you? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm friends with so-and-so or I'm married to so-and-so and well, I mean, I guess because I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. You know, I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not true friendship, right? And God's no different. And so it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, if we believe in our heart, then we are saved. Going to church doesn't save you. Doing a bunch of good things doesn't save you. We can't earn our salvation. And, I, and listen, I'm glad of that because I can guarantee you, if it was about earning our salvation and there was like this up and down of like, well, if you did a bad thing here, that negates this thing here and all that. And there's this constant like up and down of like how Jesus may love us or God may love us or whatever. I guarantee you, I, I would get to the pearly gates and they would look at me and go, oh, well, you almost made it. But there was a couple of things you did over here. Not letting you in, buddy. You know, nice try, you know. It's not on me. My sin is now on Jesus. His righteousness has been put on me. That when the Father sees me, He sees the Son. It's an amazing thing. This is backwards way of a lot of people have been, have been taught. And that's why, you know, you say, Chris, I've heard you talk about this before like 20,000 times. You'll still hear me another 20,000 times do this. Because culturally speaking, we've, we've, we have got to put the gospel out for what it really is. It's that important for us. It, it, it's the foundation of our faith. And that if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is a heart issue. And here's the thing. If we really believe that, 
and we really have a relationship with Jesus, then I'm telling you, our, our lives will be different. We will be different people. Our actions will be different. We won't, we won't go to church because we feel guilty about going to church. We won't do good things for people because we feel guilty about not doing enough good things. We'll do it because of what Christ has done for us, and we recognize the opportunity that we have to get to share that love with others. And that changes everything. I'll keep going here. It says in verse 10, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame, but there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. Let me, let me make this clear. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. It does not matter where you came from. It does not matter who your mom or dad was. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter where you grew up. Anyone, anyone it says, everyone it says, who believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. You've got to realize that when when, when Paul wrote this, and that was going to be read out loud in, in these new churches that were starting up, and these groups of, of, of believers that were getting together, they're like, this is groundbreaking stuff for them. They might as well have been saying, like, this is the, this is the worst of the worst of people in your society, and if they choose to believe, then they are saved. For the same Lord is Lord of who? All. All. Bestowing his riches on who? All who call on him. And then it says in verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You're like, Chris, I know this. I got this. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that don't know this and don't got this. I mean, it's a problem. You know, we got people out here trying to earn their salvation, doing whatever it is they think they're doing. And, and, and some of it is going to church. Listen, I don't want people to come to 24 church and think that their church attendance is earning them something that it is not. OK, I want people to pursue Jesus and be changed. By what he's done for them, how he's loved them, cared for them and given his life for them. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then it goes on. Here's, here's, here's where the rest of this comes in and, and, and gets us to talking about listening. Verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? That's a good question. Two good questions. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? There is an element here of conversation that is being talked about. In fact, specifically the act of preaching, which we can appreciate. Maybe you can't appreciate it because you're stuck with me doing it most of the time, uh, and that's understandable. But... It's a biblical thing that we see as something that is something that God uses to do in the lives of people. Why? Because people need to hear the gospel. Verse 15, I want to keep going. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord... Who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So how are people supposed to be saved? How are people supposed to be saved if they never hear? How are people supposed to be saved if they have no inclination of who Jesus is? You translate this to 2019. And not everybody is going to go to a Billy Graham crusade. 
In fact, let's just get right down to the nitty-gritty and say the people in our lives who are not believers and are not going to show up at a church, how are they to hear the gospel? Because obviously it tells us that they must hear, that that's part of the process, that they hear and understand that they have a need for Jesus, that they too need a Savior. There's plenty of people out there that think they do not need a Savior. And the truth is, for those of us who have believed in Him, we know, we know that they need a Savior. And for many of those people, those are people in our lives that we care very much for. So I ask this question. It may sound silly, because it's very simple. You're like, well, Chris, you already know the answer to it. But I'll ask it anyway. How important is it that we love others? How important is it that we love others? And exactly what does that look like? Exactly what does that look like? Do people really feel like we love them if we don't listen to them? You know what I'm saying? People really feel like we love them if we don't listen to them? Piper says this, great quote. Says all of Scripture hangs on two great purposes. All of Scripture hangs on two great purposes. That God be loved with all our heart, and that we love each other as we loved, we love ourselves. I'll read it again. All of Scripture hangs on two great purposes. One, that God be loved with all our heart, that we would glorify Him in all that we do. And that we love each other as we love ourselves. That's, I mean, folks, that's the purpose of our life. You might think the purpose of your life is trying to find the perfect job or the perfect spouse or whatever it is. I'm here to tell you that the purpose of our life is this. Everything else is just candy that goes along with it. I've been thinking for us as a people. We, we want to be doers. We'll talk about that in a second. We want to be doers of the gospel. We want to carry out what God has called us to do. How do we continue to make good disciples of the people of 24 Church? To be people who not just say that they care about people, but actually love people. And honestly, I think, I think that one of the very first steps is, is that we begin to listen. We begin to listen. I went, uh, we went on vacation at the end of the summer. And uh, while we were on vacation, we met this family at the little condo place we were staying at, at the beach or whatever. And uh, just an awesome family from Georgia. And it was uh, two sisters uh, who are, you know, about, about my age, my wife's age. And uh, they had some of their kids there. And then their parents were there, uh, a little bit older. And uh, we got to talking. And, and uh, at, at the time that we were all hanging out at the pool, it was the two sisters, a couple of their kids, and the mom, the, the mom or grandmother, depending on how you want to look at her, but the two sisters' mom. And uh, we just began talking. And as we're, you know, chit-chatting away or whatever, and the kids are all playing together or whatever, and when you got seven kids... Your, your family can basically match up with somebody else's kid of some kind, uh, you know, shape or form, like age-wise. Like, oh, oh, you got a four-year-old? Oh, yeah, we got, you know, well, we don't, we got one of those, you know, and we got whatever. <laughs> but um, so, so we're hanging out and having a good time, and, and, and I don't know, people, people start asking lots of questions when you have different colors in your hair, and, you know, and, 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 it's, and it starts with stuff like, so what do you do for a living, you know? And that's... You know, that's always the lead-in, and, uh, and so, and so we, we begin down that road, and, you know, uh, and they're like, well, we wondered, because, I mean, you know, not everybody, and I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, not everybody can have, you know, whatever in their hair, I guess. I don't know why that's such a big deal, but it is. And, uh, and so, um, you know, then uh, my wife begins to share, you know, some of the other things that I do to, to help uh, bring in money, whatever. We get to talking about cars and hot rods and all this stuff, and, and, then they, and then they chime in, oh, oh, our dad, our dad loves 
old cars and hot rods and 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 stuff and 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 so they were like, "Do you what do you have? Do you have pictures of you know like of course I got pictures of my cars. I mean it's like, you know that came before my kids. What are you talking about? You know here's you know here's the photo album of uh, you know, but you know so so they're like, oh we got we got to <coughs> we got to we got to get dad down here. We got to get dad down here. And so and so they're like they 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 get their mom to call their dad and like hey come down here to pull and hang out with us. And so then they they do. And while he's coming down, they're like, they look at me and go, oh, by the way, he's really introverted and he's not going to talk to you. And I was like, okay, you, I think you just invited him to come talk to me uh, was what you just said, but that's okay, whatever, cool. And so, you know, finally he comes down and, 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 and so he sits down and they're like, oh, you know, we're in the car, he's in the cars and we knew y'all would want to talk and he watches those auctions and stuff on TV like you do. And, and so we begin to talk and I share a little bit about cars and how I help people sell cars sometimes and stuff like that, the old cars or whatever. And, and so anyway, um, he says uh, to me, I, I said, what, what kind of cars do you have? He was like, I don't, I don't have any. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, you know, I had, I had some back in the day, and I love them. He said, but it just never really worked out for me to, to keep them. I just, you know, trying to take care of the kids. And he was talking to me about what he did for a living. I mean, just, you know, and, and he starts to talk a little bit, but, you know, it was still very kind of closed mouth, you know, just real quick answers, whatever. And, and I kind of sat back in the chair, and I noticed he had on a Vietnam hat. And uh, I said, uh, sir, you mind me asking? I said, did you serve in Vietnam? And he said, I did. And I said, I just want to say thank you for what you did. I was like, in fact, if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you something. And so I start telling him about how on the way down there, uh, we were listening to this song that I like by a band called Alice in Chains. <laughs> I knew, yes, a full local band. And, and, I, and I said, I know, I know you probably not, I probably know you're probably not into Alice in Chains or whatever, so, but I want to tell you about this song that they have, in it, and it's a really, really well-known song that most people don't have a clue what it's about, but it's called Rooster. And I said, you know, the singer of the band actually wrote this song about his dad who went to Vietnam. And I said, you know, my kids have gotten to where they love this song and they want to listen to this song. And then when we listen to the song, then they want me to again explain the song, which I've done now several times, explain this song to other people or to them about what it means. And so I began to uh, tell him what the song meant and, you know, uh, all these, all these things about the song. You go check it out for yourself. And I, I said, what it's turned into. And my kids have, or the kids are in the pool, but the kids have kind of slowly like come over to the edge of the pool and are listening in. And I said, so really, what's happened is it's become this this history lesson for our kids, for us to use this song to talk to them about the history of what happened to guys like you when you came back and nobody cared. And and I said, and so that's part of why I really want to thank you. He, he sat back in his chair, you could tell, just kind of a little overwhelmed that I would say all of that, I guess. And uh, given just a couple of minutes, he began to just talk. He began to talk about the war. He told me things beside that pool that as he would start the stories, we were there a while, that as he would start the stories... He would say, I haven't, I haven't spoke of this in 30 years. Or, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. And then he would tell me another story. I mean, one right after another. I don't know how long we were there. Decent amount of time. I got to tell you, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I walked away realizing Here's a man that has spent decades of his life with not feeling comfortable telling things and talking about things that he needed somebody to listen to. I can't imagine how heavy that has been on his life. I'm not saying that I healed him that day of anything or whatever. I'm just saying I, for once in my life, I wasn't too busy 
For once in my life, I wasn't staring at my phone. And I was just listening. And by the end of our pool session, it was decided that our families all needed to get together and go eat dinner, which we did the next night. And now we loosely keep up with them through social media. You see, the opportunities that are in front of us are, are so simple sometimes. And, and, and the, here's, here's the thing about them, is that if we're not careful, we, we will miss those opportunities because of our busyness, because of all the things that we've got going on in life. Listen, I'm, I'm, I am more guilty than most people of it. Follow me around for a day. I, I, I am too busy most days that I'm, I know I'm probably missing opportunities. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm praying about this. I'm convicted by this. That part of my life has to be more listening, less talking. That's hard for a preacher, okay? This passage in James 1 says this. I'll read it with you. James 1, verse 19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Most days, for a lot of us, I'm not going to throw everybody in the boat. Most days, for a lot of us, we're all doing the exact opposite of that. <laughs> if we're just honest with ourselves, we are not slow to speak. We are quick to speak. We are slow to hear, and we are quick to anger. James writes this for us with, with a heavy heart. I mean, you, I can, you can just tell the way that this is written. He writes this with a heavy heart, longing for people who follow Jesus to see something that is so important for us that I'm afraid in 2019, 2020, whatever, that if we're not careful, we will miss something incredibly important for us. Because in verse 20, it goes on, it says, For the anger of a man does not produce righteousness of God. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You see, we don't just need to listen to people. We as a people, we as believers, we as a church have got to put ourselves in a place where we are listening to God Himself. Every, listen, if we're not doing that, everything else is a show. Right? Like we, we understand that. Like we, and we don't want that. That's not what we want. But we, we've got to listen to the Lord. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save souls. We've got to make time to listen to Him. We, we make time for the important stuff. I, I taught that passage last week, but wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure will be also. You know, all that stuff. You know, that, I mean, that's so true for us. Whatever is the most important thing is what we make time for. That's where our heart is. That's where we invest and invest and invest and invest. And so what are we doing to invest in making sure that we hear from God? And I, 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 don't, I don't know what that is for you today, but let me, let me just simply say this too, to go alongside of this. Don't fall into the legalism with this. Let God speak to your heart. Let Him change your heart. And let that fuel who you are for the kingdom of God. Do not do things 
out of guilt, okay? This isn't, like I said last week, this isn't some guilt thing. But at the same time, we are called to be doers. In fact, verse 22 says so. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. How much of that have we all done in our lives? Like we hear something, we hear, we hear, we hear somebody share a passage, or we read, we read a passage, and you know, somebody made a meme and it's got, you know, the sunset, and you know, I was like, oh yeah, oh, that's good right there. That's good. I need that today. Uh-huh. Right? We we hear something on Sunday morning. Oh, I, that was I stepped on my toes today. That was good. That was good. I needed that. And then there's no application to our lives whatsoever. It's just, a, oh, that was good. I need that. I'm going to try to hang that up over here. And James is saying, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Let us not be people who deceive ourselves in hearing the truth and saying that's a good word and in walking away from it and not allowing it to change who we are. You see, we'll change the schedule for what's important, right? I mean, let, let's just, to the nitty-gritty of it, I mean, we'll, we'll change the schedule for what's important. Verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perceives, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He will be blessed in his doing. Man, you know, I just... That's so true for us, and we know that's so true for us. Think about, think about the times when you've been closest to the Lord. What have those times looked like in your life? If I had to bet, those are times when you've spent some time in His Word, you've been praying, listening, saying, God, I want you to lead me. You know, just simple, the simple stuff, right? The simple stuff. It's not been because you felt guilty and you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get on that. You know, I gotta, I gotta get some more Bible study in. I've been, I've been slacking, right? No, it's been because you've come away humbled by God's grace. And you're and you're and you're in that moment of being amazed at who God is and what He's done for you. And in turn, you're like, God, I want to grow closer to you. The funny thing is, is that when we are in those moments of our lives, you know something that also happens? We turn from our sin. Have you noticed that? I have. I've noticed that in my own life. That when I'm, when I'm really pursuing Jesus and when He's working in my heart and, and all these things are like tripping exactly like what we see in this passage of Scripture, I, I, know, I notice that I'm a whole lot more likely to just look at some of the sin in my life and go, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. Verse 26 says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. And I'm convicted by that, by the way. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained. From the world. Man, how hard is that? Oh, and we, we, we do love the ministry aspect of that. We, we come around like this. I know this church, like this is our heart, like that we want to come around the orphans and the widows, but you take, you take that next part and to keep oneself unstained from the world, you're like, what? Like, how do I do that? That's the trick. And we do so just one day at a time. Just pursuing Jesus. That He is what our worship is for and not the things of this world. You see, 
quick to hear has to be something we work for. We have to try to do it. Because in this day and age, like we won't do it if just left to ourselves. Our sinner selves will just, we're not going to be quick to hear anybody. We'll be quick to speak, and we're not called to be quick to speak. We're called to be slow to speak and slow to anger. Our listening to others oftentimes is God showing us how to minister to them, to love them. Let me ask you a question. Do, are we guilty at times of thinking we know what people need from us? Are we guilty at times of thinking we already know the end of the story that they're going to tell us? And the truth is, is that we need to listen to them so that we know how to love them. Sometimes it's just listening. And sometimes it's a lot more. Because sometimes they're looking for answers. Truth is, sometimes we don't have the answers. I don't have the answers a whole lot. People think that when you're a pastor, you've got all these great answers. I've got all these stupid opinions is what I've got. Let me, in the, for the sake of discipleship, let me talk about this for just a half second. Folks, listening, you know, I think for a lot of us, we get in these situations and we think to ourselves, I, I, don't know, I won't know what to say. Listening isn't about knowing what to say, okay? Let me say that again. Listening is not about knowing what to say. Listening is about listening, right? Listening is about listening. You know, the majority of the counseling I do, and anybody that's ever been through premarital counseling with me could tell you this, and I, I enjoy premarital counseling because I just, I just ask questions that like probe at them and make them squirm, you know, so I'm just like, this is fun, you know. Two people, and many times, two people that I hardly know sitting in my basement, I'm like, so tell me the most intimate things of your life. And they're like, like you got to answer these or I'm not marrying you. But the majority of the counseling I do at large with anybody is this. It's listening. It's listening. And the truth is, is you don't need a master's degree to be able to do that. You can listen. And if you think really, really hard right this minute, you could probably think of people in your life that you know have been the good listeners for you. And if you think about most of those people, those people, when, when you get done spewing all that you've got, right, the good ones aren't ready to tell you what to do. The good ones are there just saying, I'm sorry you're going through that. I love you. And you know I'm here for you. And you're not going to do this alone. And that's what we can be for others. That's who God's calling us to be for others. And, and yes, sure, there's going to be moments in that where we do get to share maybe something that God is placing on our hearts. But here's the truth. God will never have the chance to place those things on our hearts to share with them if we don't first listen. We say we want to be good ministers of the gospel, right? I'm like, Chris, I hadn't said that. Well, guess what? That's part of riding the Jesus train. We're called to be good ministers of the gospel. We're called to be ministers of the gospel. The question is, is do you want to be a good one or do you want to be a bad one? And if we want to be a good one, then it means we need to be listeners. It's a step. It's not the whole thing. I realize that. You're like, Chris, you're preaching a message about listening to people. I'm like, well, not really. I'm preaching a message about listening to people so that we can minister to them and listening to God. That we can love them well. And that we can experience His love well. And the truth is, is that if we're not listening to God, when we go to listen to others, that's going to be probably a little jacked up too. What does Scripture say? 
It said that they have to hear. They have to hear to believe. We had to hear to believe. How will they hear to believe if they never hear? How will they hear if we never listen? God's giving us plenty of opportunities to minister. This is not a guilt trip. Merely a challenge of pursue the Lord, listen to Him, see what He has for you. Maybe He's calling you to something new in a season of life. Maybe He's calling you to stick to it, fight the good fight. Maybe He's just calling you to listen to Him so that you can in turn listen to others. I want to say this, if you've never believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, I would love to listen to you today. I'll be glad to answer some questions too if I can, but I I would love to listen. I'd love to hear what God is doing in your heart. I'd love to pray for you. I would love to help you in that journey. God sent his son Jesus to die, giving us his grace that we might have a relationship with him we might be able to listen to him and then in turn that he might be glorified through us and how we do the same for others in this world that's the purpose of our life let's pray God what's what a simple thing you have called us to do and God you already know we are incredibly capable of just jacking it up time and time again, but, but God, we, we come to you, Lord, not out of guilt, but Lord, in just saying, Lord, use us. Use us for your glory. God, thank you for what you've done in us. Help us to be, uh, Lord, listeners to you. Help us to listen to you. Help us to hear you. Help us to pursue you. Lord, help us to change the schedule this week to pursue you and in turn God use us that we might be those people that you have called us to be to be listeners of others that we might minister to them that they in turn might get to hear the gospel because we cared God thank you for what you've done for us Lord use us for your glory we ask this in your son's name amen